Good afternoon. It is 2 o'clock, and I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. This week has been a very busy week. Uh, Last Saturday, it started last Saturday, right after I did my podcast um, that evening, there was the White House Correspondence Dinner, and that started a, a week of absolute interesting coverage, and I'm going to go over a little bit of that coverage and uh, kind of give my take on that. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. So it was, it, and if, if you know me and if you've listened to some of the previous podcasts, you'll know I'm a big fan of news. It I think it's important, and it, there are a lot of a lot of information. I like uh, local news, uh, understanding what the mayor is doing, and uh, we just had a um, mayoral election recently. Uh, talking to um, uh, city officials and uh, internet or uh, national news, definitely um, considering you know state politics and. Uh, national policy White House considering the White House and so this past Saturday um, I, I'm not a uh, I watched Michelle Wolf when she was on um, the Daily Show and, and I thought she was kind of chuckle funny I didn't um, I don't think maybe she had enough opportunities to really uh, show her stuff because um, her White House correspondence uh, skit was was on was very very funny and i thought she did a very excellent job but of course it became a political football um now for me the uh, one of the things that was important is there was this whole discussion about should they get rid of comedians and should there's still the discussion about should um the white house be involved in the white house correspondence event and so let me start by talking about what the the White House Correspondents Association. Now, the White House Correspondents Association um, is an organization of journalists uh, who cover the White House and the President of the United States. The association was founded on February the 25th of 1914 by journalists in response to an unfounded rumor that a United States Congressional Committee would select which journalist could attend press conferences of President Woodrow Wilson. Now, the White House Correspondents Association operates independently of the White House, which I think is important. And among the notable issues handled by the White House Correspondents Association are the credentialing of uh, the credentialing process uh, and access to the president and physical conditions in the White House press briefing rooms. It, its most high-profile activity is the annual White House Correspondents' Dinner, which is traditionally attended by the president and covered by the news media. Now, not every member of the White House press corps is a member of the White House Correspondents' Association. So with this being a private organization, the whole discussion to me was moot about uh, is it time to stop having comedians and um, what is the dinner uh, a bad idea for uh, for the president or the president's staff to be there um, because this the dinner is voluntary this is not a requirement there's no requirement that that anyone has to be there so 
it was interesting that because you knew it was going to be there seems to be this theatrics about the current administration there was the uh, staged i don't want to, uh, i don't want to say stage there was the instance of uh during the football protest when mike pence uh stormed out of a football game um and so there was a concern that this was a staged event based on uh, some information that would give you reason to believe it was staged the previous year the white house avoided the correspondence dinner and this year they just so happened to decided to send uh, people to the correspondence dinner and then um, there was still other theatrics where um, the White House press secretary did not stand and honor attendees as all the other guests did. Uh, also, there were uh, other um, personalities that staged, they walked out and made it quite known that they were leaving the event. So, so there was there's this theatrics about the whole thing. Now, for a private event, fine, big deal. But for our government to um, become theatrically involved in it um, kind of seemed off. Um, I realized that politics is politics and you take your wins and your losses where you can and where they happen. Um, but, but this was, um, for me, a little disappointing. Uh, the, the act of governing is tough enough as it is, but to be seen as petty or, or coming down to a particular level to just uh, cat fight seemed off. Now, one of the things that I have noticed in the, the, so I watch, I watch a lot of news clips. I don't have uh, watch a lot of television, but I do watch a lot of news clips. And one of the things that I've noticed about news clips is that a lot of the conservative pundits in like CNN and or, you know, in the roundtables in, in CNN or MSNBC or, you know, or what have you, um, they, there's a conversation that they'll start the conversation and for some reason if and I don't want to say they're losing the argument but but the at some point they do things that cause the level of discourse to kind of go off course it, it no longer is about logic and reason but it's about something that um, becomes an emotional striking point and and i'll share this first clip with you and you, you should easily be able to recognize this part whatever that term meant i've been in Hi, that of, i've been in that state the of Google mind away, my brother on information your show. is power chris here's the thing what's good for the goose is good for the gander this was a moment when the white house press corps actually could have done something to look graceful and to make the american people say i get it they're doing their jobs and they're doing it squarely the american Instead, people do know the american that. people believe that there is too often animus 
on the part of the press. Of course, and that they have the an president of the Trump, United States and they have an journalist should be in jail. And the many president times, of the United States says the media is your enemy. Come the president on. of the United I mean, States on, says has that everything that's that. reported is a lie if he doesn't like it. Matt, what he are you has talking about, Matt? Come on. I don't, I, I don't, I don't buy into any of that. I don't what did I just say that isn't true? He what said did that I just say that he hasn't said? All should be in jail? Come on. No. He just said in the Comey book, in one of the memos and the reflected, uh, you know, literature in that book, or whatever you want to call it, it's a whole other discussion, that maybe we should go back to putting journalists in jail. That'll teach you about leaks. He didn't Chris, say you, that. Chris, do you think it's good to make fun of abortion? Did, no, did that on, offend you? Just hold on. Let's go one step at a time. Okay. So, so they're having a conversation about putting journalists in jail. Um, and just out of the clear blue, he, he brings up a, an emotional issue that's totally unrelated to the conversation. Just a flat out change of, change of topic, uh, just way off base. And that's not, that, that one clip is not isolated. It's reflective in a lot of the conservative uh, punditry that that go on those shows and talk. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish with that. If they're just trying to change the topic, if they're if it's a defense mechanism, but um, c countless uh, audit or uh, pundits such as uh, Kaylee McEnany, Jason Miller, Paris Denard, Matt Schlapp, which uh, was in that clip, and Brian Lenza, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Megan McCain on The View in the afternoon or in the morning. And the list goes on and on. There are several of them that have come and gone and they've been removed from the shows because they've said something on Twitter or things. But there's this bringing up of emotional issues or um, changing the topic. Now, the one that I just showed you was very stark. It was easy to see um, that they were hijacking the conversation. And I don't know um, what the end game was, but at least it was very visible. Now, this next clip I'm going to show you, it's a lot more subtle. So you have to kind of watch. His answer in summary is, I ain't a leaker. I had the decision to say what was classified or not. I was a private citizen. And a leak is an unauthorized disclosure of confidential information. And this checked none of those boxes. Satisfied? No. And you saw that he was squirming around answering those tough questions by your colleague Anderson Cooper. Maybe he wasn't expecting that. I believe Jim Comey expected a hero's welcome from many in the mainstream media. And between Jake Tapper and Anderson Cooper, I think many tough questions came his way. Here's the problem. So she didn't bring up something way off topic. What she did was she brought up emotional issues. Um, if you watched Anderson Cooper interview uh, James Comey. Um, there's no there's no way you could identify his actions or behavior as squirming. Um, he was very straightforward. He was very poised. Uh, he answered the questions as best he could. Uh, 
that I imagine. But he but he was just straightforward. There was no fidgeting around in his seats. There wasn't a lot of shifting. Um, people talk with their hands, and that's that's just a part of um, people conversing. And then she goes on and she talks about maybe he was expecting a hero's welcome. Um, and so it wasn't. So Chris Cuomo, who I find, um, you know, most of the time he's he's very stays very much on topic. He's keeps his composure, um, and he's very good at interviewing, and um, he brings out points very well. But any but his lead up to her uh, Kellyanne talking was just facts based. He's just you know these are the facts. This is um, what what Comey talked about this year, this is the situation. And, and she went straight for emotional topics, straight for a non-factual uh, rebuttal. And so I see a lot of that. And what I think is happening, I, I'm going to say what I think is happening, but so, so you have people that are trying very desperately to, reach a consensus on what are facts, what is transpiring in our country, what is what is happening, what we see on television or that we hear and make some sense out of that to be able to use that information uh, in a very productive way. When we get sidetracked and we're pulled to uh, a different direction and, and the, 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 the direction is clouded by emotional issues and uh, issues that don't help us clear through information that we need to clear through, then that's not helpful. And I don't know if this, because so many of them do it, uh, and I say many of them, and I mean the conservative pundits or the conservative people that go on these uh, talk shows, because so many of them do it. Um, I, I have to ask the question, is this something that is coordinated? I don't want to throw out any wild ideas, but it, if, it, if something happens and occurs often and consistently by a particular group, the, one of the questions you have to ask is, is it coordinated? And what is they trying? What are they trying to accomplish? Is it benign, or or is it something more a little more nefarious? Or they have an agenda, or is it just how they deal with the situation? Um, one of the things that I think is also important, and as I said, I'm I'm a big proponent of a free and and um. Uh, an in, a free and independent press um, is in the current and political environment. Um, they are under the 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 idea of a free press is under siege, and it's important that we don't uh, how we how we have the conversation because, as I've mentioned before, where do we get our information? How do we get information? Most of the things that we know as a society and things that we've um, put into place have come from independent sources of information. Just today, I got um, in my uh, uh, messenger, 
I got a clip that showed, supposedly showed somebody using a cell phone at a service station and the car exploded. Now, I, I kind of blew that off. I don't think that there is, I mean, it would be extremely difficult from what I understand about technology and I understand about the technology of the cell phone for a cell phone to cause gas fumes to ignite. Now, we do know that uh, some cell phones, the batteries would overheat and they would actually catch fire. That's quite possible. Um, so it's quite possible that this could have occurred, but the idea is to me is highly unlikely. And so if I take my friends or the people that send me clips as the only source of information that I have about things that go on in my environment, it's quite possible I'm going to be completely in the dark about facts because a lot of times we do send each other things that are emotionally tinged and don't um, hinge on a lot of factual data. Now, with that in mind, this next clip uh, was particularly uh, interesting to me and upsetting. I ain't gonna say upsetting, but it was particularly interesting and disappointing maybe. This is a big gift to Trump supporters. 77% of Americans, 77, believe that the national television and newspaper media outlets report fake news. 89% of Republicans believe that. Okay, so 77% of Americans believe, supposedly reported that they believe that the national news presents fake news. So now fake news there is a I guess a couple of descriptions of what fake news is fake news as I define it is news that is not true now my guess is that newspapers and television news and radio news and other news sources like AP uh, I think used to be UPI um, sometimes make mistakes. Does that make it fake news? Well, of course not. We, as humans, we bring with us all of our frailties and all of our difficulties or challenges in whatever we do. So um, going out and doing news doesn't mean that we're going to get it absolutely perfect every time. Now, the news services and I'll just say news services because I'll group them all together. Uh, the news providing services have had some players that have made the ability to trust news services. And I don't think we should have any blind trust in anything. I don't say anything, but <laughs> we shouldn't have blind trust in the news. But they are usually first on scene they're there to gather data uh, other than the police uh, which probably get more detailed data and forensic information and they're not their job is not to share that particularly with the public so they're not going to put that out there so the closest we have to getting the best information is going to be our news services and when we have players that don't play by the rules um 
and I'll share a few with you, like uh, Louis Seabold. Seabold won a Pulitzer Prize for an interview that he conducted with President Woodrow Wilson. The problem was that Wilson was incapacitated due to a stroke, and the interview was faked with the help of the president's wife and chief of staff. Call Cameron. In 2004, Fox News apologized to Senator John Kerry, a Democrat of Massachusetts, after Cameron falsely reported that Kerry had received a manicure before a presidential debate. Now, Cameron wrote the story and posted it to Fox's website with made-up quotes from Kerry. Then there was Jason Blair. That was recently, and some people may remember that. Blair resigned from the New York Times in 2002 after it was discovered that he lifted material from other papers. He invented scenes and filed stories from places that he had never been. Dozens of Blair's stories contained a lot of these problems. So when those kinds of things happen, it can give people a perception that news agencies don't always um, report the facts. And... um, so, so the, the news agencies can do themselves harm, but we have to make sure that we uh, keep into perspective that a few bad apples sh- should not, I'm not going to say it doesn't, but it should not, they should not spoil the whole batch. The problem with... Um, the statistics that Megyn Kelly quoted is we don't know exactly what people mean when they say fake news. Other people have a different interpretation of fake news. It may be that what they're saying is that they don't fully trust reporting and they might call that fake news or that um, because they don't particularly trust fully trust news that day they chose to call it fake news and a lot of times people say I don't trust the news because it uh, I can't believe all the facts yet they read the news ceremonially they accept the data that's in there and then occasionally they don't agree with it because it doesn't fit what they have learned at that point. So it may take them seeing several different sources or it may take several different times of seeing that news before they begin to accept that those facts are true. The first time you see facts, you're not necessarily going to accept those facts depending on what uh, the amount or level of knowledge that you have about the topic, such as for me, the phones. I, it's quite possible that a phone exploded at a service station because someone was pumping gas. Um, but on first glance, I'm not going to buy that. Now, if I, if I, if someone asked me and I don't know the news source that provided that information, I don't even know if it was a news source. It may have been a doctored video that someone is passing around on the internet. Um, but at first glance, it may be considered fake news. But um, 
it may take s- several agencies, and, and I'm one of those people that I become skeptical first, but I hold that and say, I'm going to either do a little more research or I'm going to wait until I hear for a second or third time that this has happened before I may give it some credibility. And one of the things that I do encourage each other to, uh, that we do to help each other is vet information that you pass on to someone else. Just because it sounds good or it causes you to to get excited, part of palpitations, try to make sure that it's good information that you're passing on because you are as much a part of the news industry as reporters are. Information that you pass on either can be taken as news or is going may influence someone else's decisions. So I encourage you to um, make sure that you vet information. If you have an opportunity to, and I know it becomes difficult, you have an opportunity to go out and do research on the information before you send it on, you try to do that. I know it's, so uh, that's what I encourage. Um, so I'm going to wrap up on the, the news industry simply by saying um, in this time, there is a there is a need to challenge their uh, place in society. It is important. Uh, one of the things I, I put in the an advertising for this is about hubris. The news industry for for they help they hold a position of importance in our society, and a lot of times. When you hold a position of, of importance, you can become, what did it say, power corrupts? There's a level of power that the news industry has, and that power can corrupt. If you have people who aren't um, get a small taste of power or get a large taste of power, and they find that it makes life better, then they may continue to drink from that and may forget that they're serving a better or a higher cause. So, so that hubris, that um, uh, thinking of that themselves as more important can sometimes um, make other people look at them as if um, they're not performing well because of that. So, so the hubris in yeah, um, uh, I I think a lot of well, I can say that. Okay, so, um, so I'm going to wrap up on the the news aspect of it. It just you know, when you pass things on, try to vet. Uh, make sure that when you um, read newspapers, you read with some skepticism, and uh, make sure that you uh, um, hold them to a higher standard. Um, also in the week, in the, the news this week, um, which I didn't want to pass up, was uh, Marco Rubio. Now, I don't know if you followed Marco Rubio uh, this week and his, his um, behavior, but Marco went on to say that there was no evidence that the Trump tax cuts helped U.S. workers, um, but he voted for the bill. Now, what, what I'm going to say about that is... Um, I was talking to um, my my um, economist 
uh, my younger brother he got his degree in, in economics and so though he's not a practicing he went on to become a firefighter uh, so he did he did good for himself but um, one of the things that I think is important is since the tax law went into effect we haven't even had a full quarter um, so I don't know where Marco Rubio would get his information where would he get his facts that says that that workers aren't being helped because uh, companies haven't put out quarterly earnings they haven't put out um, uh, prospectuses they haven't put out the data showing what they've done and what they haven't done I don't know if maybe he's talking to someone and he's using some type of anecdotal data, uh, anecdotal data where he's talked to a few managers and asked them a few questions maybe he saw some news articles which would be interesting um, where managers talked about what they have and have not done with um, their windfall on this tax bill but um, I can't see where he would have enough factual data to make the assertion that that companies have not or that employees have not been helped I just don't see it um, and so so I'm going to take it as skeptic as skeptical and hopefully over the next few weeks and months um, we will get information about whether that tax um, the new tax law has or has not helped workers and what it has done or not done in society and um, so we'll go from there um, next week I will be talking with Josh Levy of Medici Media Space and I'm really looking forward to that um, you can check out their website and I will put that in the comment section so make sure you if you're interested uh, uh, check that out and right now I'm gonna close the show I want to say uh, thank you very much for joining me um, the podcast uh, can be replayed here on YouTube. Now, the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Podcast.com, and the iTunes Store, plus the Google Music Play Store. The Internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So like, share, comment on this episode where you find it, because it matters. And as always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.